This Augusta Golf Show podcast is brought to you by Audi Augusta. Online at AudiAugusta.com. Rick Riley's latest book is So Help Me Golf, Why We Love the Game. Like all of Rick's books, it's highly entertaining. It is a pleasure to welcome Rick Riley back to the Augusta Golf Show. How are you, word boy? How'd you get this number, man? <laughs> oh, I got your number. <laughs> How's it going? It's good. It's good. How have you been? How'd, how'd you, we haven't talked since COVID. How, how was COVID for you? Uh, let's see. Well, I wrote a book. <laughs> it was, was... a book about golf. It's a golf book I've always wanted to write. I was uh, 13 years old um, and uh, just been saving string, as we say in the business, of all the funny and emotional, all truthful, real stories. No politics this time. No Trump stories. <laughs> and, uh, and it's just uh, all the reasons this is my favorite thing to do are just... Oh, even well, second favorite thing to do. So uh, okay, uh, so did you literally, Rick? Did you have these stories, you know, squirreled away in a drawer, or was it memory? Or uh, tell me, first of all, let me ask you this question: to someone who has not yet read the book, why don't you explain the format to them? Well, uh, you know, I mean, I uh, I had a drunk dad, uh, and he'd come home drunk from golf. He played a lot of golf, and every time he got to play golf, he got drunk. And when he got drunk, he got mean, and we'd all have to hide. And so it sometimes got violent, and it was a terrible, terrible uh, upbringing there for a while. And um, so I always blamed golf for the crap in my house. But then at 13, uh, my brother took me to the golf range, and I watched him hit balls, and I was like, I couldn't believe how fun that looked. And so... Um, I got his hand-me-down, and so I started playing, and I realized that none of this was golf's fault. It was my dad's fault. And so hmm. I just really took to the game and all the stories, you know. And unlike most, like, we all, I played high school baseball and basketball and stuff, and it's over. You know, after high school, there's no more stories. But in golf, we're still gathering stories. So it'll be a story like, have you ever played this the blind par three in Ireland, that La Hinch? You have to hit over a hill. You can't see the green. And in one day, in the space of two hours, four people <laughs> made holes in one there. And so, as is custom in golf, everybody's got to buy a drink for everybody in the bar. Well, four guys are buying drinks for everybody. It's the greatest night in the bar's history. <laughs> and all the townspeople have come because they're hearing about these free drinks. And the place is packed. And the waitress is getting her rent paid in a single night. Except suddenly comes through the door his the bartender's wife, and the wife has her six-year-old son by the ear, and she takes him behind the bar and says to her son, you tell your dad what he, what you've been doing today, you rascal. And the kid goes, I've been putting balls in the hole. <laughs> so this kid was putting balls in the hole for holes in one, and no, nobody knew it. And the wife says, aren't you going to punish the lad? And he... He goes, no, but I am going to do this. And he picked it up and kissed him on the forehead and went back to making beginnings and Jameson. In, 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 in the time that it took Rick to tell the story, that's about how long the stories are in the book. It's just quick story. <laughs> it's quick story that's after true. quick story after quick story. And you're right. They're all true. They're all funny. They're all entertaining. Um, Sometimes they're, they're gripping. Like, 
there was a guy, Colonel George Hall from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, uh, got shot down over Vietnam, North Vietnam, ended up in a six-foot-by-six-foot cell, and yet for four straight years, every day of those four years, he played golf. He found a stick in the yard in his 15 minutes of walking, and so in his mind, he would play Hattiesburg Country Club. And he'd kiss his wife, good morning, say goodbye, uh, drive in the car, wave to the grocery store guy, kid with the shoe shine guy, uh, meet his buddies on the team. First shot, he drove it about 240. He was you know, a good player. Right down in the middle, haste off the 240 yards in his cell. Hmm. Oh, let's see. Let's see. Oh, I know what this shot is. It's probably a 9-iron, 135. Paces that off, 135. Has a 27-foot putt, two putt, always two putt, always a par. And, oh, wave to Mrs. Havermeyer on the fifth hole. Oh, what do you know? There's, the, there's my buddy I always see at the lunch shot. And come home. And he, and he said that kept him alive. And when he, when he finally got out, 70 pounds lighter, he landed at Hattiesburg uh, Airport, and there was the whole town waiting for him, and he just broke down in tears because there was Mrs. Havermeyer, and there was the grocery store guy, and there was the shoeshine guy. And he, and, and he said, you guys kept me alive in this game that I love so much kept me alive. And that's kind of how I feel about the game sometimes. It, it's, it's more than just a game to me. It's like a... It's part of the fabric. It's woven through the fabric of who I am, and for better or worse, it's just I just I just live it. You know. We're talking with Rick Riley here on the Augusta Golf Show. How often do you get to play, Rick? <laughs> My back only lets me play twice a week. Okay. But I, I'm so addicted. I'll go out to the range and watch guys hit. Or I'm the kind of guy that will stop like on a neighborhood street and there's a golf course. Like, oh, I got to watch some swings. Ooh, that guy's got a loop. Mm-hmm. You know, what am I doing? Yeah. What am I doing with my life? You know, I have to admit, uh, I, I'm another Jack Nicholas fanboy like you. And, and I'd heard, I knew a lot of, almost all the stuff that you put in there about Jack. I never knew that he still carries that five pound note in his, in his money clip. Yeah. So I spent, I spent a half a day with him in his house for this book. And uh, first of all, he's shrinking. Yeah, he is. Have you seen him lately? Yeah, he is. <laughs> but he's funny about it. And he's like, are you, are you growing? <laughs> no. And, uh, and I said, how are you hitting it, Jack? And he, he wasn't hitting it hardly at all. And he goes, I'm hitting it so short now I can hear it land. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, um, and I said, hey, I don't know anyone else that has a five-pound note with, your, with his picture on it. And he goes, and I said, did you ever spend one? I thought it'd be fun to walk into the, uh, you know, the, the the fish and chip place right. and pay with a right, yeah, with your face on it. And he said, "No, but I have one." And he had it in this money clip, and there it was, and it was just about to fall apart like, like cheesecloth. But there it was. Yeah. And um, so, uh, yeah, did, did you know the thing about his dad? About like college football breaking his Ohio State, and then Sundays played under an assumed name. Pro football for the Portsmouth Spartans. Yeah, it, it, fascinating. A fascinating story. Charlie Nicholas. Um, it, all right, we also learn in the book, uh, before I let you go, you, you invented Top Golf, apparently. 
Yes, and I got screwed out of it. <laughs> you go to page 252 <laughs> of my novel, Missing Link, about four guys who play the worst golf course in America. Uh, one of the one of the poor bums gets becomes a millionaire because he invents this idea that allows you and me to go to the range mm-hmm. and actually compete. Mm-hmm. And he uses uh, computer-coded balls, and you have to hit them into swimming pools, I thought of, with drains in them. And the ball, if it went in the drain... And we'd go ding, 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 and then you'd get your score versus your buddy. First guy to 100 wins. And it was just a crazy idea I dreamed up. And then I get a call from London two years later, like, they took your idea straight out of the book, and they're doing it. And I'm like, what? And it was this company in London. They already had two in London. And then I'm like, I'm going to sue. So I got a patent attorney. And he said, well, it looks like they are doing your idea, but you didn't patent the machinery that makes the idea real. So you get nothing. And so I went to one near my house the other day, and I got to admit, even though it pisses me off, they're really fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're really well done. All right, I don't I, think I could have ever done as good as they did. You have, you've told one or two of the stories. I'm gonna, before I let you go, I'm going to give you the choice to tell the one you want to tell. But I want you to tell either the uh, World War II Stalag story <laughs> or, or Alan Shepard. Um. Yeah, well, you know, Alan Shepard, I, I think I was 10 years old when he walked on the moon. And remember the last day, he hit two golf balls. And, and he said, miles, they're going, they, they flew miles and miles and miles. And it was incredible because it just made the whole idea of moon's lack of gravity real for all of us, especially kids. And I remember to this day, but I always wondered, how the hell did he get the golf balls up there? And it turns out he hid them in his socks. <laughs> and the socks are in the USGA Museum, which he's autographed. He wasn't supposed to have two balls there. They said property of Jack Harden, who was a head pro at River Oaks in Houston. And he wasn't even supposed to have the golf club. He, he got Harden, who's a club tinkerer, to secretly attach a Wilson six iron head to this sample collector that he was supposed to have. Because... When you leave the moon, you can't have any extra weight or hardly any so that, so that you have enough force and enough to get out of the moon's little gravitational pull. Sure. So you don't really want me. It's not like Southwest. You know, your bags don't fly free. So he snuck it up there because he, he loved golf and he wanted to show people what it was like. And uh, it turns out he didn't hit it miles and miles. But as I say in the book, you know those balls are still there? I mean, there are two balls you could just pick up and put in your pocket if you went up there. Yeah. Um, he is Rick Riley. The name of the book is So Help Me Golf. And it is story after story after story, just like the ones Rick told. I, th- I thoroughly enjoy it, Rick. Thank you for taking the time to do this. It's good to hear you. Good to catch up with you. That was fun. See you on the golf course.